0: thanks for listening to the roman circus podcast a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of catholic culture tradition and history i'm matt baker and with me as always for the low low price of 6.99 per month is zach mabry plus zach how are you my friend i am free for two weeks and then after that you will be billed at regular rates (laughs) Tweet us at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry, Z A C Mabry. You can find us on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Roman Circus Pod. Email us podcast at RomanCircusBlog.com. That was a thing once. Uh, you can <laughs> go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you want. We've gotten some we've gotten some ratings lately, Zach, which have helped. And uh, have they been good? yeah someone left us a one star but i think that's just par for the course i think everyone gets one of those every now and then yeah i bet they were i bet they were ugly (laughs) probably uh and you can find us anywhere podcasts are found so what's going on what's going on in the world of the news what's going on in the world of zach please well
1: to our listening audience out there um Matt and I, so some personal news, I guess, we're going to be at Focus's SLS conference,
0: um, Reliving the Glory Days.
1: So I've never, it's not,
0: what glory days? I've never been...
1: Well, so, okay, it's... Focus the most is not effective
0: for, way, I mean, I, I live in Phoenix, so that's basically my glory days. True. Well, so Focus, the the SLS conference is not just
1: for college students. But it's definitely – that's the target market. And so that's what I mean by it. Is that they encourage more than just college students to go. But, I mean, it is over Christmas break because that works for college students, you know. And that's their demographic. So we're going to be we're gonna be there. Um, so if any of you guys are, like, presenting or you're doing any breakout sessions, let us know so we know which ones to go to. Um, that's right. Breakout. I
0: love a good – I love a good breakout session.
1: Conferences are my jam. Like I just live for it. I just got back from the uh, the Notre Dame conference for the Center of Excellence and Culture, and it was just great. I got to hang out with um, Matthew Walther, friend of the show. Um, I ran into a few other listeners. Oh, the the priests from clerically speaking, Fathers Harrison and Anthony. Um, former guest, Father Dan.
0: Volvowski, vol how do you say it? Fulachny. Fulachny. Volachna? <laughs> now you're getting me in my own head. I knew how to say it, but as soon as you said, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, did you, learned, days, I did you learn me. anything good? What did you learn? Tell us, impart on us some wisdom and some knowledge. I think what I learned, so
1: the the, the conference was primarily about friendship. And, What I realized is that friendship really does need to be like a priority and something that you you cherish in life. So you can't you can't just do, you know, work, this, that, and the other, and then if there's time, friendship, like you really do need to find some way to cultivate and like care for the friendships that you have. Whether that's, you know, find a friend that has a similar schedule and you guys can go get, you know, a glass of Of wine on a Wednesday, if you're working the same town, or you know, if if you're remote, like you know, FaceTime or or whatever. Like, basically, like make time for your friends, um, -hmm. and and recognize how much of, you know, how much the faith is in effect a social thing, and so having good Catholic friends is going to help you, um, in your faith. Whereas if you have, you know bad friends that you know that's gonna hurt so it's
0: right like one would say that's
1: true friendship zach yes um and so that was there uh caitlin good friend of the show tia tolkien was Mm -hmm. was there i got to have coffee with her and we hung out um great great she has her pop-up shop starting up so by the tia tolkien stuff is available for purchase again like for for like 10 minutes so you need to get out and buy it right away <laughs> um that happened i met shannon last um and new so friend kind the of the show fun. yeah it was fun because like um we have kind of slightly different views and so we had a pretty lively conversation um let's see father bill Daly from notre dame who's kind of stationed in uh ireland and oh the death nun i met sister sister Teresa aletheia the death nun. Yes, I got a copy of her book, so maybe we can do an episode on it in the future. Um she did so a she wrote like a a prayer book um about, you know, meditating on on death basically. Um, and you know, that's always that's been her sort of apostolate for the last at least since we've been painting for so like 2 years. If of you, think, if you mori. think
0: death is scary, that just means you have to meditate and contemplate it more.
1: It's funny because
0: because that's her
1: Apostolate. There are just so many like death jokes, just happen when she's in the room, and you know I think for some people death jokes could seem very insensitive, but again it's it's like we all have to do it, and she uh, yeah I mean it, I've I've been like we've when we talked about even back to our, some of our first episodes when we did the the four last things about how you know she had such an excellent um approach to just remembering your death you know she's the the nun that encourages people to keep you know a skull on your desk and do memento moris etc the uh the joke was mm-hmm. we'd you know start up a Catholic chick-fil-a um but instead of saying my pleasure they say remember you will die <laughs> that's good that is right good. um who I thought I hope I'm gonna like leave people out that were uh that were there I got to meet uh stevie steve larkin yes your boy yes i got to meet bea on Beaculpa.
0: twitter bea culpa
1: bea culpa yeah um there were just a lot of people so i'm gonna i'm gonna feel terrible that i i haven't given everybody a shout out um but i'm going blank and i was also there with the guys from Soka, an apostolate it's called souls of the christian apostolate um and it's kind of they're putting into action the book soul of the apostolate um and they're a ministry for college students focused on the interior life so their team was there so i got to spend a lot of time with them and talk about their mission which was great um that's good uh let's see i don't know it was fun it was a really cool thing i I, next year i I think we're both going to roll out so that you guys can meet your roman circus boys at notre dame um
0: so you know South Bend, Indiana, Indiana. That's where, that's the place to be. What's, uh, what's, what's going on in the news. Otherwise, are you, do you want to talk about the I word Zach? (laughs) The I word is the Iowa caucus. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. So
1: the, um, the definitely not going to fail, definitely not overblown and completely stupid waste of time. Uh, impeachment stuff is going on. Um, my favorite thing I saw was that the D C bars were all opening up early so people could come to the bar and watch
0: C SPAN, which is like the most D C thing I could imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> getting getting hammered watching C SPAN. We've all we've all been right. there, Zach. And we've all woke up at five A. M. to do that.
1: I well did not that I got hammered, obviously, but I did have quite a bit of I think Sangria when I was watching the um The reading of the Mueller testimony and i was live tweeting it but like my tweets were getting goofier and goofier because like as as each hour passed um but yeah so the the impeachment hearings i don't exactly know where these fit into the process because like here's the deal with impeachment guys um you just need the votes for it like there's no other like the house of representatives just needs the votes there's no qualif. there's nothing else they have to do besides vote. So it it's they don't have to prove a crime. They don't have to... They just have to vote. Um, so I don't know what this part is, other than just to kind of... Uh, you want to be able to say, hey, we didn't just do this as a frivolous act. Um, but I think it's pretty obvious to anybody watching that the goal was impeachment like from before he was elected. So um, I, I don't know how like clueless they think most people are but i don't think most people are like oh yeah we've got to get rid of them because of that one phone call it's been like mm-hmm. a, oh we finally found an excuse kind of thing um so i don't know that's my take cuz I, I just think removing a sitting president is not going it's not going to happen um that would be a catastrophic change to how our, it's never happened before and so it would mm-hmm. be a you know a constitutional crisis it would completely change the landscape but the relationship between the executive branch and the legislative branch and it would be massively unpopular with the entire middle of the country um so he, i mean i don't think that he's going anywhere at least via impeachment he may lose the election but i think that that's much more likely than impeachment well, impeachment may happen. He's not getting removed. Sorry, the House does the impeachment. Then he becomes an impeached president. He goes to the Senate, and they do a trial, and then they vote. And there's just no chance that they're going to actually remove a sitting president. Um, it, it again, it, it's just you think about things are happening, right? I mean, you know, it's like people are like, what if Trump put ten new judges on the Supreme Court? And you're like, oh, that's not going to happen. This is way more not going to happen. Um, like, we'd be more likely to invade China than to remove a sitting president. Wow. Um, you heard it uh, here first. I mean, that's my prediction. I know, I'm going to laugh when I'm wrong, but I won't, I I just, I mean, I don't know, a lot of accelerationists, like, are, they want to see the constitutional crisis that will occur, you know, the very first time the United States removes a sitting president. Um, But, you know, since there's no precedent for doing it, and there's no, like, guidelines for what happens next all of that would have to be sort of decided on the fly and do you do we think that now is a good time to be making those decisions like do we think collectively that the people governing the country are need that kind of responsibility
0: probably not i don't know yeah i don't know it's just a it's just a show Hey, just, so if,
1: you know, if you're in the DC area and you're day drinking to the thing, like I applaud you. I think it's great. I wish I could do
0: it too. Zach, just I just right saw now. a headline. Uh, this is right up our friend Carrie Helmick's alley. Minnesota school district apologizes after video shows workers throwing away hot lunches for students with outstanding debt. First of all, they should be applauded because their debt is outstanding. But second of all, uh, that's so weird. Like, what is it? It takes, like, a whole – it's so, like, galaxy-brained, like, other-level type of stuff. Well, I mean,
1: this is is what she's talking about because you have these people who are like, oh, it's not fair because they're not bringing their $2 a day for their lunch, so we're just going to throw away – perfectly edible food because they're not paying, you know, because of these debts. I mean, and it's just yeah, like how many levels of, you know, liberalism are you on? Yeah. At this point that like perfectly good food, you can't eat it because somehow that's going to trigger an effect where everyone quits working because you can get a free, you know, soup from school. Like it, it it's it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um and it's, but it's common because you'll also see they do that at restaurants. Like they'll have perfectly good food, and they won't allow anybody to eat it. Like if they even have like really low income employees, they will make sure that the food gets thrown away because it's against the rules for the employees to eat food without purchasing it. Right, and it's it's like guys, like we're not we're not the 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 world isn't oriented. To shareholders, It's not oriented to the bottom line, yada, yada. So, you know, somebody being hungry is going to trump whatever these stupid policies are and is more important than whatever principle or precedent or whatever is being enforced by throwing this food away. Um, it, it's nasty. But I think yeah. a lot of people just haven't thought about it. They just kind of think, oh, well, you know, it would be mass chaos if everybody quit paying, so unfortunately here's what you have to do. It's like... You actually don't, though. You have the food immediately available. You could just give it to them. You really you could <laughs> totally just give it to them. Um, And, you know, but, yeah, that's interesting. We'll have to send Carrie out there to smack is him she, around a little bit. What it, is is she, like, our,
0: our official correspondent? Lady? Like, she's, like, our, we would never, obviously, Carrie is way above this. But, like, how InfoWars sends those people out into the crowds to stir it up. Is she like our yes Roman Roman Circus correspondent? Yes, she's. We sent her. She's our like angry
1: mom on location. Yeah, (laughs) you have you have upset
0: our official angry mom, and she's going to show up to your school board meeting. Why are you throwing away food? 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 Just that over and over. It's like just imagine, like look, you're looking at a kid
1: that's hungry, and you have food. And you're like, sorry, but you have to eat this lame sandwich. I'm going to throw
0: this other food
1: away because Mm. your parents didn't give you $2 today.
0: That's the other, like, it's one thing to make them eat a different lunch. It's another thing to throw the other food away. Like, it's, this is all, it was like multiple levels of weirdness. Like, it's very, like, yes, don't,
1: like, the kids are eating a different meal. Okay. I mean, I don't like that. I'll just be totally honest. So I don't like saying you have to eat the meal that's for pores, but i agree that that is a separate thing in theory if if they hadn't already prepared the food and it was like here is
0: the other food that's like cheaper but yeah if they've already made the food and it's like there to be eaten yeah throwing it just blatantly throwing it away is super
1: weird yeah and my understanding is every now and then people will do like a a tweet thread where they invite people to talk about this and a lot of times, again, like I said, it's in the context of, of like low-income workers at restaurants. But a lot of food gets – perfectly edible food gets thrown away because there isn't somebody to purchase it. And there is somebody to eat it, though. And it, it's like – I don't know if they think that it's going to trigger some crisis where everyone's going to figure out, oh, you know, don't, don't bother working or earning a living because you can just go to a restaurant – and eat what they're about to throw away so you never (laughs) have to work i mean what do they think is going to happen if they give this food to people that like everybody's going to oh we figured it out we're going to game the system you know we can be we can be layabouts because we're going to get to go to the salad bar at
0: school no matter what like it's it's yeah but also most people are too lazy to follow through on any of that Well, that's the funny thing. Like, for all the
1: panic about people gaming the system, like, most people are way too lazy to game any system. I know.
0: They really are. And they're
1: not smart enough to do it. And the systems in the U.S. aren't even that great. So, like, for... I feel like everybody who games a system has already been covered in the news. It's not some vast, you know, network of people that have figured out, oh, if I do these exact things, and if I make down to this exact penny, I'm going to get this payout and that and the other.
0: It's just... Um, It's just people there are people who won't even sign up for like a club card at the grocery store to save money because they're just like, Oh, I don't want to do that. And then they end up paying more. Right. Like right. They won't even, and it, it's cause at the end of the day, and I'm not saying like there are things that people can't afford and there's issues with that. But like at the end of the day, it's just easier to give money, just pay money. You're just like, I, I, it's a lot more effort for me to, go through and do all this. So here, just take my money.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, the fear of people gaming the system is, is widely overblown. Um, And, you know, it applies across the board, whether it's free lunch or food stamps or, you know, Medicaid or whatever it is. I mean, have your opinions on what those should be. But I think the idea that there's this, you know, widespread gaming, the system is, is very overblown. There are the occasional like, you know, mass frauds, but those are always involving a small number of individuals that just get away with a ton of stuff and so um you know, yeah, like w- when they do like a billion dollar Medicare fraud, that wasn't thousands of people gaming Medicare, it was one person that committed a crime, and so you know, not that that's what this episode's about, but uh mm-hmm, this constant mm-hmm. concern that if you you know if you allow people to eat that they're going to quit working.
0: Uh, is Zach? Is we can't. Silly. We can't let the people find out we're frauds, Zach. That's what I know you. That's what I know you meant. We can't talk about that is ep- I, We, that is we can't talk about fraud on this episode because then maybe the people will figure out that we in fact are frauds. But you, you know, know what's one not... thing that makes me feel like a fraud. I'll just be totally <laughs> honest. What
1: is that? You know, we have this amazing deal for our listeners that they can join our Patreon page, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for only five dollars a month, they get access to our um, unlimited, you know, catalog. Yes,
0: our catalog. of you know,
1: special episodes, exclusive Patreon-only things, stickers, um, and that's for the low, low price of five dollars a month. And then for the much higher, unspeakably high price of seven dollars a month, they can get Disney Plus and have complete access to you know a century of. Disney's catalog um and so I you know when when you put those side by side i I'm like, well, hmm,
0: right, yeah, no, these dollars mean, go further yeah we have we have our catalog spans many, many couple of years while theirs is full of problematic old movies, Zach, and there's nothing problematic about us. Also, before we get into our next thing, I just wanted to talk about something else that's not problematic. It's uh, number three most listened to of all time guest Scott L. Smith's class on All Saints University, What You Need to Know About Mary But We're Never Taught, Zach. We've talked about this a few times in the past episodes and we want to talk about it again, but oh, yes. learn, learn how to defend the church's teachings on the Blessed Mother allsaintsuniversity.teachable.com. Dot dot go there and... allsaintsuniversity.teachable.com? Go there and is search... Is that what you said? What you need to know about Mary, but we're never taught. We have a link in the show notes. Uh, That's in the show notes, you said. Right there in incredible. our... incredible, Very vast show notes. There's so many notes on our show, and this is one of them. What like, think you, about how much smarter our listeners
1: would be than we are if they took this class.
0: You know what I'm saying? What you need to know about Mary, but we're never taught. Third most listened to guest of all time, Scott L. Smith. He's on pay. He, you know, I'm not saying he'll make it to one or two soon, but he's not out of the realm of possibility of being most listened to episode ever. He's currently second most listened to guest behind the recently controversial Sorab Omari. Uh and yeah, so he's uh he's in he's in good company and he wants to teach you about Mary. So check that out in the show notes. All saints university what you need to know about Mary, but we're never taught which I like. It's good stuff. Anyway, Zach So So
1: good. So they're going to go to to all. What is it teachable? Say it one more time.
0: AllSaintsUniversity.teachable.com. There's also a link in the show notes. Incredible. Have a great time. Please do it. Zach,
1: Disney Plus came out. It did. So um, you know, I'm. I'm, We're we're supporting Disney Plus since it since it came out. Um, Mm -hmm. It wants to be identified as a streaming service. Sorry. Yeah.
0: I like the idea that you said we're supporting it as if they're not just taking our money. Like we're just like, here, here you go. Here's the money it, but no, I was making a joke. Like when you said they're coming out, like I was like, no, are coming I, out as like, yeah, no, I get it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I get jokes. Um, I, but for me, I already paid for Hulu and it really wasn't any more expensive to get a bundle with Hulu. Like the, I don't, I don't know how they do it. Speaking I don't know. of, I just want to immediately address, when we're talking about people gaming the system and how people are too
1: lazy to do this, um, a lot of the internet was freaking out. In fact, it was a trending topic on Twitter.com that you could watch Boy Meets World on Disney+. Plus. Can you? Boy, yes. Boy Meets World, okay. though, it's been available on Hulu for a very long time.
0: Yeah, and it's also on... We watched on, it when you came to visit. It's also on ABC Family constantly. Like it, you we do we do not lack access to Boy Meets World, Zach. Well, I, but people were acting like
1: it was coming out of the Disney Vault, and it was like, see, this is proof, guys. People are not; they're not going to do the the research to game the
0: system. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Do Disney Vault? Do we believe the Disney Vault? By the way, we believe that that's like a thing that that they locked them away. Well the Disney, D- Disney Vault is a it's a pricing strategy. so they, they pick
1: different movies and properties they have and selectively place them in the vault, which basically means they're not available. They're not being aired, you can't purchase mm-hmm. them, they're not on streaming. And then they take them out of the vault for a limited amount of time, and everybody's, yeah. oh my gosh, it's been you know eight years since we've had been able to see Bambi um, and you know everybody does it and pays for it again. And so it they do it to kind of control demand. It's I mean, it's been really lucrative for them.
0: Yeah, no, it's great. We all we all remember the commercials for a limited time out of the vault. That was a great yeah. Right. Really, it's the same strategy behind the T With Tolkien pop-up shop, obviously. <laughs> yeah, she'll be she'll love being compared to Disney. I think she loves it. Uh so we what we realized is there's there's so much content on Disney Plus that there's no possible way that you can get to it, and you, and you have to fish through it. So, what we decided is we were going to talk about some of these. We're going to do two things. First, we're going to talk about some of the movies and we're and, and shows, and we're going to give you the moral message behind them, so you don't have to go and look it up. That's our service right. to you. And then kind second, of a Disney
1: catechism.
0: Second, I thought it would be fun that I will read. I will read titles of shows of movies and shows to Zach and Zach has to guess what that movie is about. Okay. So we'll do that later. Yikes. But so, (laughs) so first, okay, you start, this was your idea. You wanted to do this as a service to the people. So what, why don't you start?
1: Well, you know, it started when I was watching, um, Disney's Aladdin
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, came out in 1992. um, Mm -hmm you know, five hundred so, years after Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Exactly. And mm-hmm. discovered America. Um right. <laughs> or thereabouts. So,
1: so uh you know, I was watching the movie and, and one thing that really jumped out to me is you know, you have to learn you learn from the movie to be weary of people who have a disordered attachment to their pets. Mm-hmm. Um explain one of the please. One of the guys in the show Goes by the name of Jafar. He, he's some sort of government minister. Mm-hmm. Um, he has this very close relationship with his parrot, uh, Iago, who he drags around with him everywhere. Um, and it, it is strange, just, you know, especially from a Thomistic standpoint, animals not having immortal souls, you know, how devoted their relationship is. Well, surprise of the century, he ends up being the bad guy and he's trying to take over all of Agraba. Um, he uses this snake staff to hypnotize the sultan um he wants to marry you know he wants to do a forced ma- child marriage to jasmine um you know i mean it's it's wild and I, I think that again the warning signs are there with the pet and so i you know i came away saying next time i see somebody pushing their dog in a stroller okay i'm gonna have to keep them away from my kingdom and just you know keep them at arm's length
0: no, I like I like that. That's that's very that's very good, sounded by. And the
1: other thing I learned, you know, and this is going to be controversial, of course, is that you know, Jasmine has a lot of trouble finding a spouse. In you know that's part of the storyline, and mm-hmm. you know I I do think if she were to cover her midriff, um, a, a different a different caliber of men would would begin pursuing her. You know I, I hate to go there, mm-hmm. I hate to go there, but she always talks about all these jerks <laughs> that want to marry her. And it's like, well, you know, and again, it's not my place to, I'm never going to tell a woman how to dress. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but, but. But, you know, I mean, I think if you did just cover up a little bit, um, I think less, fewer jerks would would be approaching you. And again, not my place, not my place.
0: Uh, So I've got to stay in my lane. Once again, that's at Zach Mabry, Z-A-C Mabry. (laughs) If you want to direct any uh any attention to him about that zach have you ever watched 101 dalmatians i have it's been years though if you are if you are getting older and you're thinking about getting married this is uh-huh. a great great guide to nfp zach okay it shows you that you know, that you have to NFT, trust in... what is that
1: what does that mean? Not for puppies?
0: Not for pu yeah, yeah. Not for puppies. hundred and one of them. Uh, it shows that, you know, you really have to trust in the process and trust trust in God to give you as many children as you can handle. Now, I, I must make this first very clear that dogs are not children. Right? Dogs are in no way children and should be in no way treat it as such but they are a metaphor in this case for children right we can all agree yeah. on yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah well and i think the lovely you... fur coats that can be produced of it are sort of the fruits of having a big family right or i don't i don't know if i remember how that no
0: no, no it's it's that the fur coats that's always that's the child snatcher it's society telling you to they want to snatch your children because they don't think that you should have as many children as you can have but you have to trust that if you are given 101 children that god has decided that you are you are good enough and you are strong enough and gosh darn it people like you enough to raise these 101 children correctly okay So we learn to be open to life. From yeah, you have to be open to life, and you have to realize that they there will be people that want to snatch your children and make them into fur coats, and uh, I don't even want to tell you what fur coats is a metaphor for, Zach. I I don't even want to know.
1: Yeah, Um, I can't even. Wow, Um, incredible! Mm -hmm. You know that's the thing. There's a moral behind. A lot of people don't know this, but there's there's morals in all of these stories.
0: Of course. What's another one?
1: Yeah. Well, if, if you watch The Lion King,
0: mm-hmm.
1: well, there's a great lesson about courtship in The Lion King. So the okay. hero of the story, Zazu, um, you know, on behalf of of the parents of Simba, the young protagonist, and the Nala, the female um, love interest of Simba. So these are both lions. Um, they they go out on you know for courtship purposes, what we would maybe call a date, um, mm. with with parental consent. But then, as is. Right, and in accordance with decorum, uh, a, a chaperone attends just to make sure that, you know, that no no mating takes place or just anything mm-hmm. out of sorts. Very um, good, very good. Right, nothing, no, no behavior that would be described perhaps as untoward. Um, Zazu uh, chaperones the uh, event and, you know, makes sure that it's safe. And then here's the thing. When they ditch the chaperone, yeah. one of their parents dies. So oh, this no. is why I'm saying Zach. you can't just... You can't just flout the rules of courtship. Wow, you know. Oof,
0: Oof. I know. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, that and you
1: kinda... know, we're not, we're not we're not karma people. We're not saying there's a direct relationship. We're just saying we don't know what would have happened. You know, if if it had gone differently. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, and then some of it maybe just be careful what you wish for, right? Like Simba saying, "I just can't wait to be king." Well, you know, in a hereditary monarch, which we acknowledge is the most natural form of human governance. Um, you know, one becomes the king upon the death of the the previous king, and so, you know, shortly thereafter, when Mufasa, the the, the sovereign of the pride at the time and the father of Simba, uh, dies tragically, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's in a sense, I just can't wait to be king. Was was sort of wishing for that to happen, you know, and so the the Simba's sadness was a little disingenuous in that respect. um but i think maybe he had realized you know what he had what he had wished for mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> and so and then you know, yeah. the other thing i think that um timon and pumba kind of show what happens if you smoke too much weed and become a layabout oof, uh oof oof yeah i know
0: yeah. i know
1: i know um you know and i'm trying to uh You go from there. So, yeah, a lot to learn about courtship, hereditary monarchy, and and respect for for parental authority. All built
0: into the Lion King. Did you know that Ten Things I Hate About You is on Disney Plus? No. Really? It is very much on Disney Plus. That's got the magic girl from Nickelodeon, right? Uh, Is that Julia Stiles? Oh,
1: I don't know her name. She's like the secret world of Alex Mack. Girl, I think she's like the younger sister.
0: Maybe. Hard to say. I'm not actually to sure say. at all. It does have Heath Ledger in it. Oh, I yes. think yeah, the late Heath Ledger. Ten Things I Hate About You is a good... The good moral message in there has to do with uh, online rad trads and Pope Francis. Okay? The... The young lady in the movie julia styles is described as beautiful smart and quite abrasive to most of her fellow teens and i think you know we we love we love all humanity equally and sometimes rad trads can be beautiful and smart and they are certainly quite abrasive right but she doesn't she doesn't really attract many abrasive boys. like always hugging
1: or no no no, no that's embracive embracive so abrasive
0: yeah okay. okay okay the problem is that her her younger sister and there's in this case uh maybe these these online fault these online rad trad followers they they want they want to do more but um, they're kind of stifled because in the movie the younger sister can't date until the older sister has a boyfriend so but, but she's so abrasive and she can't and like in this case maybe the boyfriend is it's about trying to love the Pope, right? Like sometimes you' le you you your followers can't follow you in loving the Pope until you, the head online rad Trad, loves the Pope. And it's about soon like this mm-hmm. handsome Pope, as in Pope Francis, our very handsome and benevolent leader, arrives and is trying to just knock down and get to the get to these online trads. Desperately, just desperately like trying but the 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 abrasive beautiful smart online rad traz just won't or try not they're, to are they're like, thwarting they're, yeah his his advances. They're trying to not let their guard down, but they the only way to happiness, aka eternal life is and then we're talking about more online set of a contis. We realize this at this point, right? So the only way to everlasting life or in this case happiness with heat is by embracing heath ledger aka pope francis right it's really like it's you can be as abrasive and you can be as jaded as you want but at the end of the day the pope always wins zach heath ledger right pope heath ledger always wins well he doesn't always win um but
1: in the story of course what a course. timely message in from 10 things
0: i hate about you mm-hmm. yeah and disney plus is bringing it back what do you
1: Plus
0: got? Plus is, what do I got? Well, um, one just
1: quick one is Lady and the Tramp, and just the ability of, of pasta and Italian cuisine to bring people together. That's really all I have on that one.
0: Um, I think also, Little also us a lot about. Also, all men are, all men are dogs who eat out of the trash. True,
1: true. Well, yeah, that's interesting. If if Lady and the Tramp were set. Um, in modern under modern American liberalism uh that food would have to be thrown away if lady <laughs> and the tramp didn't bring their two dollars
0: with them that's true yeah they wouldn't set the food out back for them they would they would make it a point to stare at them straight in the eyes and throw it in the trash as they're staring at them Hmm. all right i got um, i got another one here Mar- mary mary poppins you ready for mary poppins i am I do love me some Mary Poppins. Again, this is another parenting based one. It's you have to make sure you parent your children, otherwise the internet is gonna come in and take them away. Zach, and this is I don't know if this is controversial, but in this in this scenario, Mary Poppins is the internet. It looks she she comes uh, down, she's very friendly. She comes out of the cloud, right? Right. She's a cloud based so cloud based Uh, solution right she she puts on a friendly face she gives you everything you want sings you a nice song like TikTok, and she and she ends up parenting your the children more than the parents do and this everyone thinks it's so good uh but it's not zach it's it really isn't you have to stay away from this this is a this is a very bad parenting message the internet is coming to take your children
1: Right, and I, th- I think secondarily, there's a lesson there about the importance of hiring good domestics.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, are we yeah, allowed so to? Like for, that sounds weird to say. Is that a okay thing to say? Domestics?
1: Yeah, yeah, like for your household staff.
0: Okay, ah, yes. Oh, I yeah, I like to treat my staff as they are people, so I don't. I like to call them by their first names. I don't usually call them domestics, they're, they're,
1: but they're people who perform domestic labor. Mm-hmm. Domestic tasks.
0: Yeah, um, domestic, domestic talent.
1: Uh, right. And, you know, I, I think it, it, there's this initial d- negotiating scene um, between Mary Poppins and Mr. Banks where she explains what she expects in terms of wages and time off and things like that. Um, and if there were stronger functioning labor unions, such arguments wouldn't fall on the individual. Mm-hmm. I was taking that away. There was definitely such a such an undertone of a of a class struggle taking place. Ah, yes. Um throughout the movie, I think that was a lot of people get distracted because they think that it's about the women's voting and the suffragettes and stuff, but, but that just that just obscures the the strong uh class undertones of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So Lizzie McGuire. Oh wow! I was waiting for this one. I didn't know. I didn't know it was happening. And I, but I, as soon as you said it, I knew I wanted to hear it. Keep going. Well, I think uh, first of all, the importance of having an ongoing dialogue between yourself
1: and your Bitmoji. <laughs> okay. Because she, Lizzie, in the story, has like the original Bitmoji.
0: Okay. Yeah, I right. was. I was. This was a little. I was a little outside of this realm, but I get. I get it. I'm with you. You know, I, I don't have a whole lot else to say,
1: but um, I, I guess if you if you continue to show up to school and play by the rules, um, one day you may go on a field trip and become an Italian pop star. And so, it, it again, like, <laughs> she is a pretty straight shooter throughout the show, mm-hmm. and then when she does finally break a rule, it's to become, you know, Italian famous. And so, you know, I think it, it points back to... Um, I think the quotes in Mecca, it's in Mecca on Twitter, his bio of, you know, if you must break the rules, do so to seize power, otherwise obey them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it. it's Lizzie McGuire kind of lives out that, that quote. And then again, the importance of having, you know, a, a bitmoji.
0: I like it. I got two quick ones here. Sister Act, obviously, the only thing that can save you is the church. You can enter the church under false right. pretenses and... Are under bad situations, but the church is here and willing right. to.
1: Extra Ecclesium Nulla Salus. It, you it, don't. If you don't listen to us, listen to Whoopi Goldberg. Extra mm-hmm. Ecclesium Nulla Salus. Right.
0: Toy Toy Story. Zach. Obviously, this is this is. Uh, even yeah. though that thing sitting there looks like it's not paying attention to you, it is always watching and listening to you. I.e., your phone and your computer. The toys may look mm-hmm. like they're dead or the phone may look like it's just sitting there, but obviously they are intaking all the information they can possibly get. I've always thought about what if the toy did die, but then the kid's not going to know and
1: he's just going to keep playing with it. Mm. And like, that's got to be super weird for the other toys. Yeah. Yeah. That is really weird. Um. Yeah. No, toy story is a good one. And of course, anytime you leave the room, uh, everybody will be talking about you.
0: Everybody starts talking about you? Yeah, you do learn that from Toy Story. <laughs> That's right. People be chatty, Zach. People be chatty. Do you have any more? Or do you want to move on to the second one where I read you titles and you have to tell me what they're about?
1: Um, well, just the last one is, again, of course, the warning from That's So Raven of um, the dangers of, of sorcery and, and, and consulting mediums. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you do that, um, you're... You're going to get kicked out of the Cheetah Girls, so um, yeah, that's basically. There All we right. Go. So, so yeah, let's let's get on to this game that I'm going to
0: lose. Darby O'Gill and win. the Little People, Zach. Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Okay. Um.
1: I think Darby O'Gill is perhaps a. A, a fish that has like human qualities <laughs> okay and he brings back the spirit of friendship to the all of the little people
0: in the town uh i mean no but not far off i guess i don't know it's okay darby Is he a fish Darby O'Gill is the aging caretaker of Lord Fitzpatrick's estate in the small Irish town of Rathcullen, where he lives in the gatehouse with his lovely, almost grown daughter Katie. That was my.
1: uh, That was like my second answer. That was like between that and like the
0: aging caretaker of the Irish. Yeah, man. Yeah. Darby spends most of his time in the town pub, regaling his friends with tales of his attempt to catch the leprechauns, in particular okay, mood. their king, That's so relatable. Brian Connors. Their king is named the, le- the king of the leprechauns. Everybody who saw the leprechauns say, yeah. <laughs> the, king, <laughs> the king of the leprechauns, I'd like to point out, is named Brian Connors. <laughs> uh. Interesting. Brian Connors. Is he related to Roseanne? I hope so. That darn cat, Zach. That darn cat, exclamation point. Well, I'm assuming
1: this one is about a cat that is rather feisty, and perhaps the
0: cat narrates the story. darn cat or dc is a wily adventurous siamese tomcat who lives with the young suburbanite sisters ingrid and patricia and enjoys wandering around town and teasing a local bulldog named blitzy oh blitzy okay that's close right does 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 the, does the wily does the cat narrate uh i forget and i already closed out of that window the adventures of bullwhip griffin
1: (laughs) um Uh. bullwhip griffin is um a child of, of kind of upper middle class background terribly bored with his station in life um has a nanny doesn't get out much sits by the window and kind of imagines all these adventures that he goes on
0: absolutely not correct it is an American Western comedy in eighteen forty eight after El Arabella Flagg is orphaned in Boston, her younger brother Jack and the family's former butler Griffin stow away aboard a ship bound for San Francisco. Actually, you're not actually that wrong you I, you i you hate to lose a butler first of all, but what
1: what a devastating anyway yeah,
0: where the gold rush has begun, Griffin gets work as the ship's cook. And then a swindler and a thief named Judge Higgins steals a map to a gold mine, and they all have to—they all chase down the crooked judge. Well, amazing. Yeah. So that's the Adventures of Bullwhip Griffin. I mean, that was close. (laughs) Fuzz Bucket. What is Fuzz Bucket, Zach? Fuzz Bucket. Fuzzbucket's is
1: actually a, a beloved classic. Um, so it's one of these stories that unfolds over time. Of it's it's a tale of several families, um, but it's tied together by each one of them having at some point possessed this bucket that kind of keeps reappearing. Um, and you know, as they gaze into it, they 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 feel this connection to all the people who have, have also owned said bucket before. Um, and, and it it has with it an element of time travel abilities.
0: Twelve-year-old Michael Gerber has no friends. He finds that sometimes Ugh, the best same. friendships come from within. And basically what happens is he cooks up a strange green concoction for his imaginary friend Fuzzbucket to drink, and Fuzzbucket becomes visible, Zach. And oh, I... so it's basically Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, he cooks up meth and he make believes a a uh, imaginary friend. That's depressing. From 1972, we have the Biscuit Eater. Well,
1: I'm assuming that this is about um, a, uh, a a child raised in poverty, um, but he secures for his family a, a stable position in society by winning a biscuit eating competition at the local fair.
0: The story revolves around a German wired hair pointer named Moreover, who has a strong relationship with a red headed boy named Lonnie, despite his mishaps. Moreover is dealt more oh, that's the name the name of the dog. Moreover is dealt to Willie Dorsey, a gas station clerk, but Lonnie and his best friend Text, T-E-X-T, not text, Text, regain possession of the dog. They train him to be a prize-winning bird pointer and enter him in a field trial. So there's kind of a fair element, right? Kind of, yeah. There we go. All right, let's see. I have a couple, couple more quick ones here. The Apple Dumpling Gang.
1: Um, The Apple Dumpling Gang. uh, They're a group of female orphans. um, Each one lacking one sense, so there's a blind one and a deaf one, one that is (laughs) mute. Um, And they... uh, You know, in, in order to... Obtain food and things they 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 perform um at talent shows um under the the their their band that they they're called the apple dumplings
0: i mean you're close with the orphans it's just about a slick gambler named russell donovan who is duped into taking care of a group of orphans who eventually strike gold during the california gold rush so we're back to the california gold rush Wow. Well, so I was good on the orphans. There we go. Yeah, you're good on that. Our last one is The Computer That Wore Tennis Shoes. The Computer That Wore Tennis Shoes? The Computer. No, sorry. The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. The Computer Wore Shoes? Tennis Shoes, Zach the computer wore tennis shoes okay
1: so that is a coming of age story about um, Mark Zuckerberg Mm -hmm. and his you know complete lack of personality or or otherwise features that indicate humanity Mm -hmm. Um, you know you
0: would think well this is just like a computer that wears tennis shoes Dexter Riley and his friends attend a small private Medfield College which cannot afford to buy a computer. The students persuade wealthy businessman A.J. Arno to donate an old computer to the college. Arno is the secret head of a large illegal gambling ring which used the computer for its operations. While installing a replacement part during a thunderstorm. Riley receives an electric shock and becomes a human computer with super mathematical talent, can read and remember the contents of an encyclopedia within minutes, and can speak a language fluently after reading one textbook. His new abilities make him a worldwide celebrity, and he goes on a show, quiz show to try and win $100,000. Okay, so like
1: kind of like Melania Trump. Like, she can speak all the languages?
0: Oh, yeah, exactly like Melania. Perfect. That's what I first thought when I, when I read that, was Melania Trump. All right, that is... Zach tells us the plot of these movies. That's our segment. I think I, I did pretty good. I'd give myself a C+. Plus. Yeah, no, that's fine. You'd pass. C's get degrees, Zach. C's Are,
1: get degrees.
0: Anything else before we go to Saint of the Week?
1: Yeah, so in 2 weeks when my Disney Plus subscription runs out, if 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 one of the listeners could just DM me your password. I'm trying to save money. So, that's it.
0: Okay. Saint of the week, Gertrude Who is the it? Great. Saint Gertrude the Great, born January 6th. More like Saint Gertrude, what's up? More like Saint Gertrude. Oh, I like Great it. Tru- yeah, no, that's. Yeah. F- I like it. I like it. Born January sixth, twelve fifty six, and died on an unspecified date in thirteen o two. It's unknown. It, she her feast day is November sixteenth, and that date stems from a confusion with Abbess Gertrude of Hackenborn. So there, it's kind of unclear when the exact date she died, but her feast day is November sixteenth. She was canonized by Clement the Twelfth in 1677, and the thing about her canonization is it was an equipollent canonization. Equipollent canonization. Do you know what that means? Does that that mean like
1: it was the first? It was like the first one that had um, people doing the live sign language for
0: for deaf attendees. It's exactly that, except not it is it is canonization that is equal or equivalent in power of in effect or in significance. so what happened was she was never officially canonized, never formally canonized, but a liturgical office of prayer readings and hymns in her honor was approved by Rome in sixteen o six And the feast of St. Gertrude was extended to the whole church by Clement XII and today is celebrated on November 16th, the date of her death, or so they think. Uh, Some religious communities celebrate her feast on November 17th. Pope Benedict the 14th gave her the title of the great to distinguish her from the other Gertrude and to recognize the depth of her spiritual and theological insight. So she went, wouldn't to, that be
1: so sad to be like, you're going to be St. Gertrude, but you're actually like third best St. Gertrude. Yeah. Like you're not, you're not the the best Gertrude we have. St. Saint,
0: Saint Gertrude, the perfectly fine. Uh, she entered a monastery school at the age of four and it is un, it is unsure as if she was given as an oblate by to the church by her devout parents or if they if she was an orphan uh, that's kind of unclear okay but she in at the age of 25 she started experiencing the first series of visions that continued through her life uh what happened was she saw where did i have this here oh she had uh One of the visions was on the feast of John the Evangelist. She was resting her head near the wounds in Christ's side and was hearing Mm -hmm. the beating of the divine heart. And she asked John if on the night of the Last Supper, he had felt these pulsations and why he had never spoken of this. And John replied Mm -hmm. to her that this revelation had been reserved for subsequent ages when the world, having grown cold, would have need of it to rekindle its love which is cool. Amazing. Yeah. She also was known, she was known for her writing, but a lot of her writings didn't survive because, uh, it was, she was kind of, it, she was, uh, she forgot to hit save. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The, yeah, she, the invention of printing, uh, helped her, but she, most of her stuff by the time the printing started was lost. And, uh, she was popular in 17th century France where her, Trust in and burning love for God were potent antidotes to Jansenism, so they used her they oh, used nice. her works and they used her life as uh motivation to fight off heresy
1: nice virgin Jansenism versus Chad Saint Gertrude the Great
0: mm-hmm I still don't quite get that, but I like it yeah her uh she's the patroness of the West Indies in peru her feast is celebrated with great pomp and in New Mexico the town of Santa St. Gertrude of the what is it Saint, it's Santa Gertrudis de lo de Mora and I'm too dumb to know what that means but please let us know of the Mora I yeah. guess it's the Mora Valley so it's St. Gertrude of the Mora Valley so that's where it's uh, yeah that's where all right. I mean, all give good. me
1: give me more of that
0: <laughs> okay all right well uh thanks for listening and uh we will talk to you all next week see ya